guys, it's Kelly. You know, the elections are upon us, but there's something really missing this year. I'm really, really missing the physical rallies, which unfortunately cannot be held because we are going to the polls in the middle of a pandemic. So as a result, I've been spending a lot of time on social media, like on Instagram, um, checking out politicians showing off their lensless glasses and showing off how they've been running about all these estates for like three hours or something. Wow, Kelly, I'm really amazed that you can spend so much time on Instagram. For me, who is probably uh, very much older than you, I don't even know what is like IGTV until this year. And so I tell you, it's really another kind of a ball game altogether. Yeah, but there has been a lot of interesting content coming up on social media as well. I mean, of course, you always have these memes and jokes that people um, comment on something that politicians say. But I realized that I've been seeing a lot of very intelligent content being posted out there too. I know, right? It's like so interesting for me because of um, what my friends have been posting and for instance, for what you have um, introduced me with, I really find that there is definitely a paradigm shift. It's like I come to see, oh, social media has got actually its value in even bringing meaning to politics, to topics, and getting me to look at even politicians from a different angle. And sometimes it need not be boring, you know, it need not be boring. It can be interesting, full of wit and creativity. Take for instance, I recall when you were trying to introduce me to consider interviewing this dude, Joel Lim. I was like, hmm, should we, right? And then when I went into his IG stories or IGTV, I was like, man, it's so interesting. You can actually comment on politics with such wit, clarity and objectivity. And today, we actually have Joel as a guest on our podcast. Joel is also known as LimxJoel on Instagram. And he shares with us here about how he's been using his Instagram account to break down different incidents and speeches and videos that have come up during this campaign season from a public relations and marketing perspective. Oh yes, and it's really, really very interesting and eye-opening for all of us to see politics in a, in a very different light. Hope you enjoy his insights. Hi, Joel. Would you um, <laughs> like to start this conversation by, by telling us a little bit about yourself? Like, what do you do as a profession? Sure. Well, um, I am, by profession, I am a uh, PR and events executive. Um, Actually, I've only done this for about two years uh, since graduating from school. So I was from NTU School of Art, Design and Media, where I did a major in um, visual communications. And then I did a second major in Wikimedia School of Communications. Also, the reason why you guys are having me on your show is because of like the recent explosion on Instagram where uh, I started doing some content and then that got a little bit of traction. And I would say that the kind of content that I built was really based off the knowledge that I got from like the, those two schools. And as an individual, I'm super interested in politics. And, and because of my background, I zoom in a little bit more to like the marketing part or the campaigning part of politics. And well, I guess everything just like was lightning in a bottle and just worked out, I guess. <laughs> 
So, when did it all start? Like, what got you inspired to start um, publishing all this? Your, your take on, uh, you know, PR triumphs and govs in, in this campaign uh, for the okay. upcoming election? This entire thing was unplanned because I didn't, like, if I had known that everything would, you know, go, go the way it was, maybe I would have put in a little bit more effort uh, into the aesthetic of everything because it's very casual, right? But then again, you know, I think maybe that's why um, it, it worked out the fact that it was so casual it doesn't look like it's polished or anything literally just one week ago I was just like an average person posting on social media and you know the kind of social network or like the friends that I have we are always so opinionated everybody is like yeah we're like, you know we if, if we don't like something we'll just post and that has always been the way things are you know uh, with artists with people from communication school right it's always your your louder people and um, that's that's literally who I was and because of you know the fact that the elections was happening so this was the the day that um, parliament was dissolved and the entire day I was just like posting non-stop you know about politics and then you know the moment parliament dissolved shortly after that WP uploaded a teaser video I was like ah, okay let me watch like what this like 15 second teaser that WP put out and I was like this is actually quite well produced so I wanted to talk about um, and, and a lot of my friends also shared the same sentiment they're like hey this is the first time we're seeing WP in this light so in my Instagram series I was like okay let's talk about this right I really just break it down based on like how I interpreted the, that teaser and you know how when you post stories on your Instagram, let's say the first one gets maybe like 500 views, then the second one will probably get like 450 and then it goes down to 400 and then 350. Um, so the interesting thing was that when I saw the stories, it was like, I can't remember the numbers, but this is just giving you an example, like 500, 450, 400. And then suddenly it went to like 800. And I was like, huh? How come? How come like that, right? Because like, that's not how it usually works. Then what I realized after like, looking at the insights was that like people were sharing specifically the the analysis video and then the the comments that i was getting back then it was from my personal friends were like so many people were like joel we don't care about politics in singapore but after you posted this teaser thing now i'm hooked i think that kind of content resonated with people it, it, they find it funny and if you see my posts right on the feed they look very official but then when you watch the story, it's just like me talking to my laptop screen, you know? So I think it's, it's truly that mix of like, ah, okay, like a, a post that looks legitimate, but then when you watch the video, it's very conversational. Um, so I, I think that's what made people um, like that content. And then it just really went off from that. Lah. So that's where we stand today. How do you shortlist like the incidents that you want to talk about? Um, yeah, how do you pick... <laughs> as much as I want to give you like an intelligent or like, you know, like nice answer, I think it's a bit selfish. It's really like things that caught my eye. For one, like the WP teaser was like, boom, it's, it's something that I resonated with. And then when I saw Tan Cheng Bok bring out Lee Sien Yang for a breakfast, I was like, hmm. And I thought that it was so sleek of him. Um, and then still playing off this like public persona of like a cute little grandpa but like behind the scenes like you know a lot of people have talked about like Mr. Tan as a politician and how he's so savvy so I just wanted to like zoom in on that and see like ah, actually like this is actually like next level thinking um, and of course like 
topics like when Mr. Ivan Lim got the backlash that he had, I would have loved to be able to like have that conversation with him, you know. Why why did you um why why was your press note phrased yeah. certain a certain way or whatnot? I think if you guys watch the the stories, right, every single one you can tell that I have passion about it, you know, because like I, I, I find something interesting about it to talk about. Probably you see things through the eyes and the lenses of a PR. I actually find that it's a very interesting perspective that, you know, we don't really hear from people. And I think that's one of the reasons why you created this niche. It really caught my eye when I see all those analysis. And then it's like, right. you know, it came to life. And I think this, uh, this is something that you have value added into this whole political scene. Okay, thank you for that. Um, but I also have to clarify one thing. Uh, so PR people are usually like, they, they like to be behind the scenes. Um, they don't expose these things because like ultimately when they do things like this, they do it for their clients, right? And also because it's politics. Like as a PR person, you really try to steer away from anything that can be uh, sensitive or controversial or sticky. I don't know what, I, what, what went into my head to be like, yeah, let's just talk about it uh again i think uh, i didn't expect it to take off like it was truly just like for friends to like enjoy and, and have fun and laugh about uh so <laughs> yeah like a, a lot of my pr friends were like well i can't believe you went down to talk about all this sort of thing what are some of the feedback that you've gotten from like your followers it was my friends who were more excited than me about like the kind of attention that i was getting because all my close friends were like joel like do you know that my my uncle uh, is sending your, your stuff into our family group chat or like oh you know my friend is re- referring me to your stuff and when you have so many young people texting you to say that like actually Joel I don't really uh, care about politics or I'm not really involved or I don't really understand politics but watching your content has made me interested also because I don't specifically push for a certain party. I have criticized both sides. I have praised both sides, you know, on, on whatever I've been pushing out. I think that kind of environment has made people go like, yeah, like uh, this is sort of like a easy, easy, easy to digest, you know, kind of um, platform for me to like join or like community for me to join. When you start reaching numbers like 10,000, right? Where now suddenly everything I post, people have comments to it. It's like, huh? that's when I realized that there is sort of like a small responsibility that you have, right? Because what you're saying is influencing uh, people's opinions on certain things. And I thought that, you know what? If everybody is saying that they don't understand politics and they are interested to learn, then why not create a bit more? So that's what led me to do a uh, IG live session where it was really just neutral and purely explaining all these complicated things in very simple to digest ways. Do you have any concerns about like saying anything wrong, whatever that means? For sure. For sure. It's so scary. You know, um, a lot of people were questioning me like, what is your agenda? What is your intention? And I'm like, guys, I don't have an agenda. It's like, I, I talk about these sort of things all the time with my friends. You know, it, it's only because that like, I got an audience, then people were like, hey, what are you doing? You know, um, so it's very scary to know that like everything I put up now, uh, somebody will disagree with. And because it's politics, everybody has a different opinion, right, about something. I've always been very, very clear that like I'm not here to influence people to vote for a certain person or a certain party. 
everybody uses their own social media in certain ways. I choose to stick to my own agenda, which is just to keep things neutral and to educate people on, on bare basics. How much time do you spend uh, creating all this content? I mean, like you come up with this like decks of slides and everything. Right. Okay, I'll be entirely honest. Like the first WP teaser, that was simple, right? It was a 15 second video. You know, I just had to watch the video and talk about it. And then, I mean, I, it, I, mean, I also blame myself because <laughs> I am someone who just like, really just gets carried away with like, you know, things. Once I'm passionate, I am passionate. So for example, the starting with like uh, looking at people's campaigns or like looking at people's responses to certain things. It's like, I have so many ideas that if I don't put it in a slide format, it's really quite hard to follow. And having it in a PowerPoint <laughs> deck keeps the flow. Now that I've started doing the PowerPoints, like they really literally take hours because um, <laughs> like to lay them out to, to, to have that thought process and to make sure that every slide makes sense time consuming for sure so you said that you have interest in politics all along right but yep. people of your peers your peers they are not actually interested in it so when do you start taking interest in politics and is there any particular turning point okay, so that's a great question actually so um, I think a couple of years ago, I, think, I believe it was like either 2016 or 2017, I was in the US for um, my exchange for, uh, for like a semester. So that was six months in upstate New York. Um, and that was when uh, Trump first became president in the US. And already back then, there was a lot of like uh, unhappiness and um, dissatisfaction with certain things. Um, and... Unlike Singapore, uh, my classmates in class were very heated about, you know, um, politics. When the topic of politics or Trump came up, everybody had an opinion and everybody was like fired up about it. And when I heard that my classmates talk so passionately and give their very logical, intelligent responses to why they disagreed with certain policies out there or like, you know, or in some cases, why they agreed with it. Um, I kind of felt like, oh my goodness, you know, we don't have this kind of passion back home in Singapore. And I think if there was a particular turning point, it would be when um, a very close friend of mine who is... Uh, who was also an exchange student. I, th I think she was Pakistani. And I think uh, that's why when, when you know, Trump made those uh, policies about immigration, I think she, she felt that you know, um, it was her people and she was very like, affected and she wanted to, to speak out against it. And she was saying that, like, do you want to go to a rally or a like, protest with me? I was like, you know what? I've never been to a protest before. I would love to go check it out. And when I, when I was there, that protest was entirely peaceful. <laughs> and everybody around me was like young, like literally early 20s, same as me, right? And yet, um, even then, I was standing there uncomfortable, standing there a little bit awkward. You know, it's like, oh my goodness, all, all my peers here are so loud and so um, articulate, so eloquent about the things that they care about. And yet here I am, I felt like I was so sheltered. <laughs> A little bit paise you know, when you, when you compare yourself to that. Um, because, I mean, shallow as it is, when I was in the US for exchange, I wanted to have a good time. You know, that was my focus. And yet, like, when I'm there, I cannot deny the culture or, like, the, the atmosphere I was in. 
So that's that. That was what opened my eyes to how the the world is bigger than, or like there are problems that are bigger than than the ones that like you you're facing. And I think that when you immerse yourself in an environment like that, and then you come home and you're like, ah, oh, okay, that's a little bit different, but you can't shake it off, right? When I see Singapore, it's like, okay, like there are definitely issues that, that we have. There are definitely things that you know, want to work on and want to improve on, but it's like, um, how do we go about doing it in a responsible and logical way? You made this point about how um, you've always been, well, at least since your experience in the US, you have become very interested in politics and that um, it may not necessarily be the case amongst your peers here. Um, mm-hmm. But do you think that there's been any change, especially um, with this post being so digitally focused? And I guess also because it's held in the midst of a pandemic and um, do you get the sense that people are paying more attention to politics? Right. Okay, the funny thing is, after I thought about, you know, me and my peers, we're all not as like loud as compared to like the US counterparts. Um, since then, right, what else has, what has happened? Me Too has happened. Uh, Black Lives Matter has gone even bigger. The figures like the, uh, like Greta Thunberg, has come out, you know, the, the kids who rallied for gun control in the US. There has been this massive shift uh, towards young people taking the lead in movements. I do think that it has, you know, like rubbed off a little bit. Actually, no, a lot in Singapore as well. And today, <laughs> as you can see with, you know, the topic that, that clouding Singapore, like just this year alone, it's like we can see so many young people are so vocal about things. And I think it's because, you know, globally, um, it has been normalized to be vocal on social media. Is there any difference in how you think about election in the past and now? And anything worthy to comment on? Well, I think that like this year, there's um, a lot more opinions online. Uh, and this year, we finally see the opposition looking a lot more coherent and um, cohesive and well put together. I think uh, the previous election, it was very clear that it was the PAP on a certain level and then all the opposition on <laughs> really like a different playing field with Workers' Party being like the the most competent one out of all of them. So um, this year, I feel like they, they understand the way the internet works. You know, you don't want to be the butt of all jokes this election. I would say rather that the difference lies in like the people because like suddenly, um, again, I think it's because you just needed like a few people here and there. You needed like a, a bunch of people to first start talking about politics on social media and talk about it in a certain way. It normalizes uh, that conversation. Back then, it was just Yashri and her friends <laughs> supporting the PAP, right? Uh, now, you have people from various sites, you know, uh, giving their opinions on various topics. And I feel like because we have all these people normalizing uh, politics, everybody is talking about politics on social media. 
In our previous um, interview with the other two girls, we talked about how are the differences between the older generation and the younger ones, and as a millennial, you know, um, how how do they understand all this politics? Do you share any like similar sentiments that you think the the age group and like the generation uh, plays a part in our political outlook? And whether the diverse views is necessarily good, bad, or diametrically opposing to each other? Well, definitely with every generation, there's going to be different characteristics that define them, right? The older generation, our parents' generation, um, they, they, are, they are going to be defined by their life experiences, the times they grew up in. Our generation and the generation below us grew up in an entirely different atmosphere. My personal point of view is that rather than being upset or angry, I think uh, we should be celebrating the fact that our generation is progressing in a certain way um, from that. You know, that every generation will have a generation gap, right? Even, <laughs> even five years below me, you know, the TikTokers, I, I'm already feeling like I'm a bit old, you know, in a different space. I don't think that there's a need to change that difference. Um, I think we should just be aware that there is a difference and moving forward that we will be the ones who will be uh, dictating, you know, the, the path of how politics are viewed as generations go on. I do think that when a whole bunch of the Gen Zs are voting the next election, it's going to be really fun because, you know, um, when you have millennials and Gen Zs who are already between the two, when the two groups are, are, are so different in their own way, we are seeing them ooh, coming onto this game of, of, of elections uh, on social media talking loud and louder than any other first-time voters have ever been, you know? So what's, what's going to be next? I feel like it's going to be all fired up. As time goes on, more and more effort should be placed on digitalization and digital strategies for campaigning. And I think that holds a very exciting future for, for Singapore. Despite all these differences, right? What is one thing that as a millennial, you think you, you can still learn from the older generation? Uh, I would say like maybe tact and also... Uh, thinking before you speak. <laughs> I think a lot of my peers and I, myself included, we tend to talk just as, as it is, whatever's in my mind. It's not entirely the smartest thing to do because sometimes we don't have the full picture before we comment on things. I think that the older generation is perhaps a little bit more reserved and hesitant before you know, making comments, if they ever do at all. <laughs> for, for our generation, everything's instant. You know, you type, you post. Back then, you, you have to, you know, really make sure that when you put something out, it's double-checked, triple-checked. And because once it's out, to re uh, recall it is very, very difficult. Perhaps we should exercise a little bit more, um, like, critical thinking before we post stuff. Myself included, like, I have posted things where I've, I, after a while, I was like, huh, maybe I should have thought about it a little bit more. So it's just overall on, on, on my generation, like how we can learn. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't really have any more questions. How about you, Huich? No, I think Droll has covered a lot and I think it's really good. We really find it very informative and 
I don't even know what's a TikTokers. What's a TikTokers? <laughs> like people who are off, like the kids who are on TikTok, <laughs> the latest app. <laughs> I have the app, but I don't use it. I don't have the app. I know nothing about it. That's where we show our generation. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Um, I think it's it's okay, but maybe like Kelly, we we would really like maybe for Joel to end with something. Maybe he wants to say anything to the audience. Well, <laughs> seeing the way everything has been uh, going with the election uh, this year, I do think that this year is more so like a preview of what to expect in, in coming years, which will, I feel, get a lot more intense and um, like faster paced even. I definitely think that this time around, all parties, all candidates will be open to the idea of you know, a digital campaign, a strong, cohesive digital campaign. And in the next election, I do think that, you know, and I hope that the, all parties, all candidates will invest a little bit more on PR, on marketing, on, you know, content production. And if they do so, uh, it's going to be an, it's a very exciting, like, election, I would say. And if I would like to wrap up, I think that... Um, if you guys would like to, maybe I can pluck my, my channels a little bit more. So if you guys are listening to this um, and if you'd like to learn some of the stuff you can find me that I've been putting out, I've, you can find me on Instagram at LimaxJoel. That's L-I-M-X-J-O-E-L. And that's where you can check out the political prude on, um, on IGTV. <laughs> and then um, if you'd like to listen to the Naughty Prude where I'm not so serious, <laughs> I talk about relationships and nonsense about like life, then you can find the Naughty Prude on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's great. Um, thanks for your time chatting with us. We, I, well, no I really crop. look forward to more of your Instagram stories and PR analysis. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been really great having you. Thank you.